0: Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Con report wherever you get your podcast. You can catch us on YouTube as part of Empire Media. That's A-M-P-I-R-E. When you're there, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. Very much appreciated. We'll keep this rolling throughout the off season, three times a week minimum. Then if there's big news, we'll get you an extra one. The live stream shows are going to put those a little bit on hold, but when it, when the news warrants it, we will do a live stream show. Just know that there will be no live stream show this week. We'll be rolling with podcasts on today, on Monday, Wednesday, and then Friday. In a few minutes, I'm going to play an interview I did with receiver Curtis Samuel that we did on the last day that we were out at Commander's facility. So we talked all about the season, coming back from an injury, etc. But before we get to that point, settle in for a few minutes because I'm going to talk about a little bit of nuggets about the sale and then a lot about Sam Howell. Before I get to the interview with Curtis Samuel, so it's going to be a few minutes. You're going to have to put up with me and some information first. Then I'll get you to howl um, again. An interview that was taped via the phone, so no video, but you can if you're watching on YouTube, you can still you can still hear it. And if you're watching, if you're on the podcast, of course you're going to hear it. So anyway, before we get to that, a couple nuggets on the sale, and I had heard this a week or two, a week or so ago, and front office reported it as well that. Jeff Bezos has not made an official bid on the Commanders. I don't know really what that means. I don't think it means that he wouldn't put a bid on. It's just that there was no official bid by the December twenty third deadline. So there's certainly a chance that he could still become involved. I think what it could very well be that he didn't want to get into some sort of a bidding war with the others initially. So waiting to see what the others what the other bids were, you can always make it known what you'd be willing to spend. And then go and do it. So, don't know what it means, but we just know that part. It, again, it doesn't mean that he wouldn't eventually put a bid on the team or for the team, because uh, there's still there's still a lot to be learned with all this process. It's, I keep getting asked about the timetable. Really hard to speculate. You you hear sometimes it could go fast. You hear sometimes you're not sure. So, I think rather than just wondering, you know, yeah, you know, sooner rather than later, that's what you would expect. That's what you think will happen. But until we until it's done, we don't know because I don't know what Dan Snyder is thinking as far as all this goes. I do know that there is a motivation to sell. All signs point to that. But will it be for a full sale or will it be a partial? I don't know. But my, the all signs still point to inter, internally points to him selling the t- selling the entire team. But until it's all done, that's when we'll find out. So that's that's all that's all we really have for right now. The bigger thing that I'm going to talk about is Sam Howe. And on over the weekend, there was a report by CBS about how the commanders are telling potential os, o, offensive coordinator candidates that Sam Howell is gonna go into the offseason as your number one quarterback. Right now, so I'm gonna just kind of expand on that. And that's essentially what I wouldn't say that's what was known. I, I think it's it's revelatory, but how big a deal is it? I think that's what we still need to see because I say that because he still has to go win the job. And I think what it tells you is his their confidence level in him after not just the one start. It's not just about one start. It's about the progression and then the start. But as far as their plans for the offseason with how they're still going to look for another veteran to come in and compete for the job, whether it's Taylor Heineke or somebody else of that range, It does not sound like they're going to go break the bank for a guy, but what if some guy comes available whom they liked in the past? They certainly like Derek Carr, and he's going to be available. They liked him last year. I do not believe they're going to trade for him at all. I don't believe that at all. However, I am going to have Paul Gutierrez, who covers the Raiders for ESPN. I'm going to have him on the podcast this week to talk about Derek Carr, because what if they they have to end up cutting him? Should wash Should Washington be interested in him. I'll get into all that in a couple of days. But as far as with Howell, again, he still has to go win the job, but they do like him enough to to tell people that they're going to at least enter the offseason with him. But again, we don't even know who the other veteran will be. Again, I know they want Heineke back, and I know Heineke would be okay coming back to back up uh, Sam Howell. But then, who else would come here with that? Because you're going to probably get another quarterback in here. Would you go with another young guy, maybe a late round pick, just to have another young guy around? Or would you go get another veteran, uh, somebody of Heineke's stature? I don't think Heineke would be, I, if I'm Heineke, I'm not okay with that. So I don't think he'd want to come back in that situation. However, you know, but again, it just shows you the level that they're looking at right now. But again, I would caution that because if somebody becomes available, they didn't expect. Then maybe plans change. Right now, though, this is the anticipation, this is excuse me, this is the expectation of the direction they're going to go. And but it is interesting because I do think it speaks to how much they do like him, meaning how. It's also important to note how much they liked how before the draft. And I go back to that because it's not like before the draft, what I had heard is that if they hadn't traded for Wentz. that that Howell would be the quarterback they would target in that class. Certainly because he he wasn't going to go in the first round. Some of those other guys are going to go in the first round that they didn't want to go after. But Howell was the guy that they they liked. And I heard that multiple times over a few weeks going into the draft. So it's not just about a post-draft spin. It is what they were thinking before the draft. Then, Then he goes out and plays well in the final game. It wasn't a great game. However, it was an encouraging game that leads to intrigue, and it was he showed a lot of good signs in that win over Dallas, in his first start to to warrant that intrigue, and a lot of it too comes from his development throughout the season, and and just where he came from from the start of training camp. Now I know that there's some of you who wanted to see him playing in September and October, and even some in some in November. It doesn't mean because he played well at the end that he should have been playing then. There's a progression here for him or for any rookie. And when you talk to people throughout the organization, not just a couple of people, but throughout, that nobody was saying that, oh, this kid's got to get out there now. They all said that he's got stuff he has to work on. And we saw it in training camp. The start of training camp, he wasn't very good. But he was, he, he was a rookie, fifth-round pick, learning a new offense, and having to adjust to all sorts of things. By the end of camp, I thought he had improved. Yeah, I thought he made some nice progressions, but he still had to work on his footwork. There were still some times, for example, in the preseason where maybe his footwork was a little bit off in terms of the drops leading to, leading to him getting sacked or something like that. So there were just things he had to work on, but he worked on them. I think that's really encouraging where he was, where he got to, and where he continued to get to, to by the end of the season. I think he really showed some good things. Now, if you say, see, he should have played in the Cleveland game. All right, I don't think he improved that much in the two weeks before or in the in the week leading into the Dallas game, as opposed to the week earlier. However, they were so wedded to Wentz, and they got swayed by what they saw of him in San Francisco, and then also about his how, how they felt he was learning the offense and what it would mean to him. And that was the guy they traded for. Anyways, well, let's look ahead though with with um, with with how. I think one of the, there's a couple of things that they really liked in that finale that I think show why they have the intrigue and the anticipate the excitement for him for doubt for in the future. One was his ability to throw with anticipation. You saw us a few times and with that anticipation came yards after the catch. It was one of Washington's best games in terms of yards after the catch. And I do think it's a result of how, of how Powell operated. So if you there's a couple of throws to Jahan Dotson. One was, if you remember, the one route was on the outside. He, he, um, little comeback route sells the uh, sells the go ball against the corner, because he can sit and turn quick, he creates about a yard and a half separation. But Howell was on time with the throw, one, two, three, throws it out. The ball is out before before Dotson is breaking. That ball is out. And then because the corners on the inside, Howell throws it to the outside. That leads him into it was ended up to be a 22-yard gain. So I think he got about 12 yards or so after the catch on that one at least. And that was the direct result of how Howell, Howell operated on that and the, the terrific route that Dotson ran. The other play, thing I liked on that play was that and this I saw this a few times with Howell is his ability to follow through even in a very tight pocket. And that's something you didn't always see with the other two quarterbacks, to be honest, Heineke or Carson Wentz. But I saw Howell really emphasizing that. And I think it made a difference on some of those throws, especially one of the outside, but that anticipation there. And then there was another route to Dotson where he and Curtis Samuel ran a little combo route. Dotson comes inside. And because the ball is out boom! right now, the ball is boom, boom. Hits that plant step, the ball's out. He hits Dotson in stride. Into the middle of the field, carries him up the seam, gets about another ten to fifteen yards after the catch. And again, and it was all because, not not just anticipation, but throwing on time, really made the difference on that play. And that's something else that 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 I've heard a lot. Oh, there's. I want to mention one other play, and it's the one that was an incompletion to Terry McLaurin, the one that McLaurin dropped. But the reason why that play is is noteworthy is because of how Howell moved in the pocket. On that play, there was pressure. He was able to kind of step to his right a little bit, and then he hit McLaurin in stride. McLaurin just dropped the ball, but he was going to lead him into another five, six yards after the catch. There so were a couple of guys there, slightly tight, somewhat of a tight window, but the way the throw was was leading McLaurin right into more yards. And I think that's something that really got them excited, and something they did, hadn't seen enough of out of this offense this season. When they traded for Wentz, one of the things I heard a lot was as far as opening up the offense, wasn't just the deep ball with his arm. It was the quick game and the underneath stuff to create more explosive plays underneath. That's what I thought I was going to see, that we were going to see more of, and we did not. That was not a a big enough part of the game with him, and it certainly was not Heineke's strength as well. Sometimes it's a matter of seeing over the line. Sometimes it's a matter of trusting what you see and getting rid of the ball. I think Hall does that pretty well. So we'll see how that continues. But that is something else that really I think that they really liked. And, again, I'm going to backtrack – not backtrack, but just keep in mind, it was just one game. But, what again, it was the progression that they've seen him make throughout the year in practice, meetings, et cetera, and then how much they liked him before the draft, and then what they eventually saw in there enough to say, hey – this guy's a lot like Taylor Heineke in terms of his style of play and all that, but he's got a stronger arm and he's bigger. And I know this is exactly what some of you have been saying, but it does take you a time to get to the point where you can then be ready to go and make your mark on the field. And, and so now we're going to have, to be honest, folks, we're going to have about six, seven months of speculation about what Sam Howell can do if as he progresses. And I think it's also why when you're changing offensive coordinators, you'd like to keep the offense somewhat the same. So that way you're not putting this kid in a situation where he then has to learn another new offense. It's why if you're going to go outside outside your family or your offensive system now, you can't have a drastic change because I think that would put a lot of that would make it tough for the entire offense, but for Hall in particular. So look for somebody who kind of can kind of cater to what they do well, which is what they want to do is run the ball. And then again, the quick game, spread the field, create gaps. The, the explosive plays, and this is something I've heard from from the building about how when they look at the next OC, they do they would like somebody who can create those underneath situations for guys like Dotson. Curtis Samuel and Terry McLaurin to make plays after the catch on short throws. You don't have to go down the field all the time. They have the ability to create stuff underneath and how did that well with them? Again, anticipation on time, all makes a big difference. And then if you can create some space and some gaps for these receivers, that's something they're going to be looking at when they're trying to find out who is the next OC. So if you, if there's, if there are some people out there who you know, whose offenses kind of feature that quick game and getting yak, then I think those are guys who could end up being candidates, somebody from that system. If you don't go internally. And as I told you last week that Ken Zampezi was the in-house candidate, but they're certainly going to look at people outside of that, um, outside of that, that struck outside of that structure. And, you know, I was told there was a list of 20 names initially, they pared it down to eight. And so they've been reaching out. I know there was one report, I think Mike Garofalo reported that they had reached out to Jim Caldwell, former Lions head coach. He said that he, Garofalo reported that Caldwell told them that he was going to focus on looking for head coaching jobs this offseason, which would, of course, take him out of the running. I will say, and I've said this before, there are people in the room who interviewed him before Jay Gruden was hired who liked him a lot more. And they felt like that that some others in that room, Bruce and Dan, had made their minds up on the head coaching job before the whole process went. But Caldwell was a guy that I know some people in the room really liked. But again, it doesn't matter because of leadership skills and all that. But it doesn't matter because it sounds like he's not interested right now. Um, but but again, that it just shows you that they are willing to reach outside of there. And I hope for their sake and that they don't just limit it to that. They keep an open mind with this. Cause I think the worst thing you can do is go in there with a closed mind and just promote from within automatically. It's better be a situation where you're really sure, but I think get as much information outside and see, because there are some intriguing candidates this offseason, potential off uh, offensive coordinator candidates this off season. So make sure you get it right. They have to make sure they get it right. Anyway, that's it for right now on all that. So, one thing, one other thing to note is Ron Rivera will meet with the Snyder's. I believe it is Monday that they're going to meet to set the budget for the offseason. Then we'll start seeing some other plans take place. They do I do expect them to be to interview some offensive coordinator candidates this week. Don't know who yet who they'll be interviewing. I I've heard some things, nothing that I can report at this point because it's not it's not even not good enough to to report at this point. We just know again Zampezi, and there are going to be some other names I think that are going to be common throughout the league as far as some young guys, some quarterback coaches from some places that we're going to start to hear over the next couple of days. So, but again, big day, big day. I think again today with with Rivera meeting with the Sniders because that'll tell him what they can do in in a time of uncertainty. You know, can they? What kind of budget they have to go out and sign certain players because they are going to have to make certain moves. And then, but they also know that once they cut Carson Wentz, they're going to be saving a lot of money. And, and yes, that is eventually going to happen at some point. They're not going to carry him on the roster. He's not the other veteran that they're looking at. So, you know, anyway, so at some point they're going to get to, they're going to free up that 26.7 and everything will start with this budget meeting and we'll go from there. Anyway, that's it for me. You've waited a few minutes for this, so I appreciate it. So now I'm going to get to my interview or my conversation with Washington Commanders receiver, Curtis Samuel. The NFL playoff action continues. We're one step closer to Super Bowl 57, and for the NFL divisional round, check out DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can take a shot at an even bigger payout with DraftKings' stepped-up same-game parlays. Boost your NFL winnings with each leg. You add up to 100%. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code KIME K E I M. New customers can bet five dollars on the NFL divisional round and get two hundred in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code KIME. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. How good this year? I didn't
1: mean, like of Last year, it um, feels good. You know, just to be healthy. Um, you know, to go out there after what I dealt with last year, to play, go out there and play 17 games, I feel amazing.
0: And, did, and what point did you get to where say I'm, I'm good? I'm bring
1: back to yourself. And what did it take to get back? To I mean, I I knew since the I knew since the beginning of the season I was back. Since after OTAs I was back, after camp I was back. You know, I was able to move, cut, and do all the things that I've. That I've been doing for years, um, you know. Like I said, I went to Miami and I trained, right. and I really pushed myself. I really pushed myself to the limit. Basically, I had to do things. I had to do things to give myself the confidence that I could do it during the season. So I was cutting, playing hard, all types of resistance work. I was just pushing it more so than in
0: the past. More
1: so than the past. Really?
0: And was that just because you wanted to?
1: I, n- I needed to see where I was at, okay. and I needed to see if I was able to still play and do things that I've that I've been doing with confidence. And
0: then, what, like, did you? Was there? Because I remember the cut you camp. We talked about the cut. Name.
1: I mean, definitely the, the cut that I made at practice, I mean, it was eye opening for, you know, everybody around here because they haven't seen me cut like that and move like that. But i, I been knew I could do it, you know, and able to go out there the first yeah, game of the season and to do that. And. Put it out there on a global stage. That I'm able to cut and make all those moves. I felt like that was good.
0: So how can you how do you build off this year? I, I know I asked you that earlier, but like, how, how do you just say, hey, this is this is who I am. More the same, or is there anything you say this is what I showed this year? I still can show a little bit more or something else.
1: Is um. It, cool. I, I say this, um, I can always improve, improve as a receiver. And I feel like I did a great job this year while running. Um, but I, I can always improve and get better. Um, so that's going to be a focus. Um, conditioning, you know, i got to stay on top and stay in shape. That's going to be a focus. And also just keep getting faster. And
0: then with the obvious when you have, like, Instability at quarterback, you guys, and how does that affect you guys? And how important is it to get that stability for the group of receivers?
1: Um, I mean, our job as receivers is just to get open. You know, we got to win. We got to win uh, um, at point of attack. Um, one-on-one matches, we got to win. Um, it's, the only issue is, is the rhythm thing, okay. you know, of the quarterback understanding where we're going to be at on route. You know, that's the only thing, but you know, my, I don't really focus on who's that quarterback. I just get open.
0: How good can you be at the season, especially that trend? But you guys got good depth too.
1: I mean, I think we could be the best group in the league. Honestly, I feel like we got the weapons, we got the talent. Um, And I see, y'all see like the guys that's out there, you know, me, Terry and Jahan. But like I say this all the time, we got depth. We got so many guys that can just step in and and make gigantic plays.
0: And it's, is there something unique about the skills that you guys each have? Because you know, obviously, guys. <clears throat> there's definitely this is definitely like highly skilled because there's something unique about what
1: you guys can offer I mean, said the good thing. We all could do a lot of the same things. You know, um, we do all have our unique skill set, but we all can do some of the similar things. And it's like, like I said, if one of the, if a guy go down, you know. I'm confident that the guy that's next up is going to do the same exact thing, if not better, just because that's just the depth in the, in the um, confidence that I have in this group that we have. Do
0: you like that multidimensional role for yourself? Is it something you
1: enjoy? Oh Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, if you got a weapon that can do multiple things, you might as well use them. You might as well do it. Why? Because you give the defense so many different looks, you know, and... It helps
0: offense. Is there more that you can do in that role or is there more like you know or, or is that like again I, I don't want to say that's so, it for this, is there more that you can
1: do with that or is that Oh, um, I mean I'm not the I'm not the OC I can't sure. really call yes, plays, you know what I'm saying? And set right. set things up, but um you know, I'm I'm good at running the ball, good at catching the ball. I can do a lot of different things. You know, it's just. Did
0: you have a favorite cut or move this year, mm. You had a couple.
1: I know Jacksonville. I, I was I was doing a whole bunch. Jacksonville, Jacksonville, I was doing that. Jacksonville, I was doing a whole bunch. I, I can't pinpoint one, but I was doing a whole bunch. How'd
0: that feel? Like when you look back at that? Because like again, that was a because it was a home opener. So yeah. Fans hadn't
1: seen that. Much. Yeah. So how'd that feel? It felt it, it felt good. I feel like that was the perfect start to the season for me. You know, being able to show people that I'm back, that I'm good. I'm feeling healthy. I'm able to cut, um, and after the game, I'm able to go on to the next game and play again. You know, it was just something that I was just that was just important for me. Nah, honestly, I, I won't lie. Like that was more of a concern for me when I was training in the off season. I'm like, how's my body gonna feel the next day? But I'm telling you, I'm just going four or five days back to back, and it's just like. Like, hold on i'm still going and it's i feel good so that was the thing for me you
0: excited for the next year then? absolutely i feel like it's gonna be a big year cool. Thanks, man. Appreciate thank it. you absolutely that's it for this episode thanks to curtis samuel for joining me and thank you as always for listening and for putting up with my slight rambling before i get to curtis samuel always appreciate listening i'll be back on wednesday with another episode, I'll be talking to Paul Gutierrez and ESPN. Should Washington pursue Derek Carr? Talk to you next time.